Just a, uh, a brief int introduction of myself so that you know who I am. Um, I'm Alice. I'm from Canada. I've worked in China for 21 years as a family doctor. Uh, grew up in Canada. was born in Taiwan. Uh, met Jesus in medical school. <coughs> Had a real uh, life-transforming experience not long after when I went to China for a medical elective. And God um, just really impressed on me um, my role in bringing the gospel to um, hurting people. And uh, following that, I did some short-term work in um, Africa and Liberia with SIM and at the team hospital in Taiwan. So, and um, after that, did family practice training, um, felt that the Lord was calling me into long-term service. So I'm a team missionary working in China now since 1995 with a group called Evergreen. We're a Christian NGO, and we're doing uh, public service projects. Uh, so I've been involved in clinical work, uh, training village doctors, training family practice doctors, <coughs> member care, um, and most recently find myself pulled pretty strongly to um, discipling and uh, mentoring younger workers and Chinese, um, Chinese leaders, emerging Chinese leaders. Um, I'd like to just tell you a story about someone I met about 27 years ago when I was just starting to head out to the field. I was getting ready. I was building my support team to go to Taiwan. And uh, I was in a church in Minneapolis. And I was speaking to a high school fellowship group. Uh, a high school fellowship group. And I was just sharing about how the Lord was leading me to Taiwan to use my medical skills to serve him. And um, after I spoke to them, one of the people in the group, a young girl, about 16 years old, came up and just wanted to talk and chatted and probably chatted to close to an hour. And she was kind of lost. She was uh, had just immigrated to to America. We just need to wear this one too. Oh, oh. Uh, had just um, immigrated. <coughs> there you go. Okay, there we go. Had just immigrated to America. Uh, had just come to faith. Was just uh, really not sure what to make of things. So we're running into a lot of problems. So we chatted, and um, just you know, and I never I regret that I didn't get her name. I didn't, and I didn't get her contact information, but she was wearing a red woolen coat with a, a hood. And so I kind of think of her as Little Red Riding Hood. Whenever. And I found her coming to mind often over the subsequent years. And I pray for her and ask that the Lord would just guide her and that she would find her sufficiency in him. Well, then, fast forward about, about 17 years. And then I'm working in China. Uh, and uh, I, there's a couple who come to check us out for potential long-term service. And um, they came with their daughter. So I met with them. We were, they attended our retreat, and I was talking with them. And, uh, and lo and behold, it turns out that this woman is this young girl that I had met you know, 17 years previously. We were talking, and she just said, you know, yeah. I asked her, how did you led to working overseas? And she said, well, you know, there was this missionary doctor that once came to our, house, our, our church, and we kind of connected the dots. And so it was so neat to reconnect with her. And the Lord is using them, working with another mission agency now, in mobilizing. So they've been doing that for the last 10 years, uh, mobilizing for missions. And um, just a couple of months ago, I was, um, I was uh, passing through Boston, which is where this couple now lives. And um, she contacted me. Karen contacted me. She had contacted me just before I was passing through. She says, can we connect sometime if you come through? And I just had this, like, four-hour layover in Logan. Logan Airport, and I said, well, if you can make it there, that would be great. We can have a chat and catch up. We haven't seen each other for 10 years. And she brought along um, a young 
gal with her, this lady, this woman on the left, and said, you know, do you mind if I bring her along? You know, I'm, I'm coaching her. She's, um, I'm mentoring her towards missions. You know, she's just finished medical, uh, finished a life sciences degree, and she's looking at being a, a missionary doctor. You know, can you talk with her? So to me, it was a really neat example of how what seems almost like a chance encounter um, can really turn into something that could have, you know, a chance encounter in a very critical juncture in someone's life could really um, make a change in that person's life and really kind of changing the trajectory of their life and what God's and being able to see how God uses those encounters where someone just offers a time of just listening or uh, oftentimes that's all it is, a listening ear, a bit of encouragement. And so that's kind of, if you want to put it this way, that's a take-home message about today. I, had, I was challenged to make this a simple message and I was expecting that we'd have more students with us. But the thing I wanted to just talk about today is just how we can use um, tools like coaching and mentoring to um, encourage younger workers in our, and, in, and, and make it a more in, integral part of our training approach. Um, so these are our goals for this session. Recognize what, to recognize what competencies are needed for effective cross-cultural service, to identify a key tool in attaining these competencies, basically coaching and mentoring, and then for each of us, for each of us here to consider next steps in seeking a coach mentor as a resource in following God's will, God's call. Earlier this year, um, a couple of colleagues and I uh, published a paper on just this topic. The topic, this uh, session takes its name from this paper that we wrote. And it's, uh, it was an opportunity for us to reflect and think deeply about what it takes to really develop and train um, effective, healthy, happy cross-cultural workers. And um, I'll give you the executive summary, <laughs> is basically that we've noticed that um, the traditional cross-cultural training that is usually uh, implemented in training workers is usually pretty heavy on the front end, uh, a lot of work pre-field, uh, a lot of it is didactic, not much of it is uh, focused on real and actual needs happening like in real time, and um, there's a, a, a concentration of efforts sort of as people are preparing to go. But once people get on the field and have actually been on the field for a period of time, that actually kind of that type of support, that type of mentoring tends to drop off. And we recognize that that is a, a, a real critical piece, uh, walking with people um, as they continue to train and, to, to, and a kind of a, a developmental type of approach in helping and providing ongoing mentoring and giving opportunities for immediate feedback, giving opportunities for people to reflect on their experience and to grow from it. So, um, again, the, the key piece here is the coaching and mentoring aspect. So, one thing I'd like to take us through today is um, just taking a look at some of the challenges that uh, budding missionaries face as they look to going overseas. Uh, I was expecting I was expecting that we were going to have a group of more students, but that's okay. We'll just go through this, and I think it's a good exercise for us, even as people who are equipping people. But Daniel and Amy, I'm looking at you too. <laughs> okay. So um, we, the question we're asking ourselves here is, uh, what challenges face the potential worker as he or she heads for the field? You know, what skills, attitudes, or behaviors are necessary for, become, for becoming and thriving as an effective, healthy, and happy cross-cultural health care worker? 
And so what needs do we identify that should inform the training of workers? We're going to make this a little bit more of an interactive session. I'd like to introduce uh, Wesley here. Wesley is my team colleague. He's a mobilizer for team, the organization I belong to. He's going to help us with, um, if we look over there to the whiteboard here, we're going to just um, elicit from everyone um, what do you see as being the challenges that people face as they look to going overseas to work? You know, so right down here in this corner, the left corner here, we have uh, the person, the trainee, who's looking to going overseas. Right here I have kind of this little... So this is a, a trainee called a Cross-Cultural Healthcare Service. And our goal is, uh, is up in the right-hand corner, effective, healthy, happy worker. And this is a, just a, a very simple graphic that was kind of designed by Jim Pluteman, who was previously the international director of SIM. Just a simple kind of mind mapping type of a tool to help uh, with brainstorming, helping with problem solving that I find is just useful to use. So if I would just ask people to just uh, chime up um, and just uh, what do you think? Let's say we'll have someone. Let's use Daniel. Daniel, uh, where are you in your, your training right now? Fourth year medical school. Okay, let's say that's Daniel down here. Looking at long-term service at some point? Okay. And, you know, we'll do an amalgamation of Daniel and Amy. Okay, you guys will be our case points today. And so, looking at you two, what are, we, what are you looking at? And everyone feel free to pipe in, uh, pipe up and add to this. What are we looking at these two having to achieve in order to get onto the field? as a cross-cultural healthcare worker. And simple things, yeah, Christina. One thing that is, uh, that is helpful is to have a real sense that uh, you are, you are uh, following the Lord, that he, is, um, that he has called you, that he is uh, uh, involved in what you're doing, and that you're um, following his pleasure. Because the, the road from here to there is hard, and then once you get there, it is hard. Correct. So, so a sense of call. Would you say that? Okay. <coughs> i just add that. Oops, I'm getting kind of tied up here. How long is this cord? I guess this is my leash. This is the, Okay, this is as far as I can go right here. <laughs> okay. Okay, sense of call. Anything else? Okay. Okay, so just, um, uh, you can even call it a mentor. That's the topic. We, uh, we might as well just put that there. Yeah, a mentor. Mentor, mentor. yep. Yeah. Okay, what else? Bob? I struggled with what training. Correct. Specialty, family medicine. I took a Okay. All right, so extra training, right? Specialist training. Mm-hmm. You can draw those little arrows going into oh, it, too, okay. so but it's because they're just different things that feed into this line. Yep. Yes. Language. Language study. Huge piece. Yep. Anything? Yes. Joy. Culture. 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 Um, as in uh, learning the culture? Is that what you mean? Or... Oh, okay. Decisions about location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, the arrows are all kind of pointing towards that big, long arrow there, heading up towards that. Um, our goal of being a happy, healthy, effective worker. Anything else? Yes. Uh, finances. Finances. 
Okay, do you want to elaborate more on that? Uh, just the whole support raising process. Correct. Support, right, support raising process. Yep, that's a huge one. And that's one that doesn't end once you get there, right? You know, you're going to be going for the long term. Yep, anything else? Think of, you know, think of those, those of you who've been on the field before. Think of things that even uh, challenges on the field that you feel like you maybe could have used some help with before you got there and before you faced those types of issues? Okay. NGO. Organizational issues. Okay. Yep. How to translate your skills to the context you're working in. That's something that, like, the tension maybe you can cover at some point. If you're getting trained in this context, or you're trying to work in another context, which is often required. Very good. Yes. Set. Contextualization and just... Um, like you, you express that well. Translation of your skills to the context you're entering, right? Okay. And so that re- that applies to skills and applies to all sorts of things, doesn't it? Um, lifestyle, um, you know, professional skills, or even family life, right? Yep. Yes. Wait, is this a support raising? I was thinking about finance, but. Let's use the same word, and that is a personal support. Mm-hmm. Okay. How are you going to get? A, who's going to support you emotionally? Prayer. Correct. Relationally. Okay. So personal support team. Mm-hmm. Very good. So you're kind of um, kind of talking more about per- personal relations. Uh, personal factors, which are a big piece of this, too. Is there anything else about that, that for those of you who have been on the field that are other issues, Bob, wonder if you might have some comments about that. Personal factors that uh, maybe, I don't mean to, to uh, single you out, but maybe, maybe Anna, Anna could. Um, okay, team, team life, mm-hmm. body life. Mm-hmm. Parents, family issues. Right, support of family, and uh, so just very some very personal issues going into this. When we're training someone, we're not just training a professional, but we're looking at the, uh, this whole um, constellation of what it means to be a worker. Uh, Long term, too, it's not something you just kind of put in your time and I'll do my two weeks and I can put the rest of my life on hold. But you're planning to make that place your home, and so we can see that these are just some of the things. And this is a great, uh, great. Um, selection of the, some of the issues that people face. And um, so I'll, I'll point you to the, the paper, which has at the back of the paper, and I'll make this paper available on the, on the website. Um, I will, we won't spend a whole lot of time on this, but there's a whole chart back there which couldn't even fit on a PowerPoint slide. So I'll let you guys look at that yourself, but it'll, it'll be available to you. So, um, so we see that it's a very multifactorial type of issue. Um, it takes some of it, some of these issues can be maybe taught in a more didactic way, you know, they can kind of teach it in a session. But many of these issues are not things that you just have, you know, 10 hours of training on. It, it, a lot of them are kind of uh, issues that come up as you go along and sometimes you just need some help while you're there. So um, the point that I would like to make is that, you know, it's a very complex, multifactorial content uh, uh, encompassing a whole variety of skills that need to be acquired by the trainee. And it really requires a, a certain degree of pr- proactivity 
and intentionality on the part of the, the trainee. And, um, you know, medical school, and I think we have some medical folks here, uh, medical school tends to be a pretty relatively programmatic type of approach. You know, once you get into medical school, that's when the first hump. Uh, once you get in there, you just, you know, it's just a lot of hard work, you know, hand on the plow, nose to the grindstone, you know, with lots of grace from the Lord and lots of caffeine, you'll make it through, you know. And then maybe by the time you... Um, you know, kind of choose specialties, as, as Bob mentions, you know, it gets a little more complex and you know, start kind of venturing into an area that you don't have as much experience with. But then when it comes to actually looking to going overseas as a cross-cultural worker, there's really no set roadmap. Um, it's kind of uncharted waters. So that's where the person themselves, the trainee, really needs to kind of take the bull by the horns. And I'm not saying run ahead of God, do it apart from his will, but you need to be pretty <coughs> proactive and intentional. So that's kind of my word to those of you who are looking to, uh, to, um, uh, uh, to uh, and be a part of overseas work, that you kind of need to be on the ball and just kind of looking for opportunities and looking for a resource to help meet the needs you have. And again, you're going to get tired of me saying this, but the key piece is, I think, coaching and mentoring throughout the career of the worker, not just at the beginning, but throughout the whole, whole um, process. Um, you know, and I'm really struck by the fact, too, that, uh, you know, even at every stage, and it's not just once you get on the field, you don't need a mentor anymore. You know, here I've been on the field, I've been work, involved with work overseas for 26 years now, and I have a number of coaches and mentors in my own life. Uh, you know, when I was doing uh, my short-term work, I met some incredible um, medical missionaries that, who discipled me and, continue, and were role models to me even to this day. And uh, so those are just a really vital piece of, of uh, input that we'd be really um, foolish to ignore and to, to not take good advantage of, to really tap and pick the brains of people who've gone before us. Um, so maybe we'll just look quickly at uh, just the working definition of coaching and mentoring. You know, this is a huge topic. If you go online, you'll see you know, just a ton of websites about this. But for the purposes of our discussion today, um, just want to just uh, define coaching as a series of intentional conversations that empower a person or group to fully live out their calling. Keith Webb is a pretty prominent Christian coach, coach trainer. Uh, mentoring is a learning and development partnership between someone with vast experience and someone who wants to learn. I just use these terms um, just to kind of put them out there. When in actuality, when you're coaching people and helping people uh, work towards the field, you don't really split hairs a lot. You don't kind of sit and say, well, I'm coaching now or I'm mentoring now. You do what's necessary. Um, coaching in general kind of refers to a, a sort of a using careful listening using uh, thoughtful questions to help the person process what some of the barriers are towards uh, you know, achieving their goals. Uh, the coach often provides uh, options for optional ways of looking at a problem and challenges them towards a course of action. It tends to be shorter term and tends to be, the coach doesn't even have to be an expert in the area that, that they're coaching the coachee in. Mentoring, on the other hand, tends to be a more long-term uh, relationship it has to do more with uh, character development, it, um, and it's more kind of development-driven. It's more about the growth of the person as opposed to achieving certain skills. So in actuality, coaching and mentoring kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. I, I bring these definitions out to you just because you'll see them in the, you know, in the popular press. And then when you find a mentor or a coach, 
you might want to determine what the nature of your relationship is, and it's helpful to have a common vocabulary to discuss that. So, um, so and a coach mentor could be uh, almost anyone. You know, someone, usually, like I mentioned, a mentor is someone who knows something more than you do. You look to them for some help. Um, you ask for some specific uh, information from them. And a coach can be just someone who's very skilled at asking questions. Sometimes, I mentioned, like I mentioned, it could just be someone who's got a listening ear, just willing to hear you out. And I don't know if um, some of you here ever find that you can be a bit of a vocal processor. Sometimes even just talking through your issues can make things uh, just be, uh, be more clear, get a stronger sense of discernment. Does anyone have anything to add to that or um, any comments about what I've talked about so far? Okay, so if, there, if, if there's a kind of a theme verse for this presentation, it's Proverbs 15:22. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And, um, you know, I, just as a, I think, just as a, an example of this, I've recently just um, done some training in counseling because there's a great need for mental health resources in China. And, and so about three years ago, I started... Uh, about how I could better uh, support that profession in China. It's really at its, in its embryonic stage right now. And uh, just kind of thought, oh, you know, I, I'm a trained as a doctor, but, you know, we really don't have that specialized counseling experience. And so I was considering taking a, a master's program in mental health counseling. And so in the course of making a decision about that, whether this is the area I should, I should move towards, if so, uh, you know, what kind of program should I go into? Should it be pastoral counseling? Should it be clinical counseling? Um, I probably asked about 30 people in the course of uh, this process. Um, I'm involved in member care, so I know, know a lot of counselors, a lot of people who help missionaries, a lot of people who are training counselors. In the course of that, I really gleaned some tremendous insights, which are very helpful. So, again, uh, the, the, the role of mentoring and um, coaching in our lives doesn't stop once we get to the field, and it's sort of a, I find it's an indispensable part of our life as someone who's growing and uh, continuing to follow what God wants us to do. Now, I'd like to now take some time for us to sit and uh, have some discussion about what a mentor, you know, what a mentor in your life has uh, meant to you. I'd like to, us to move into groups of three and uh, just little buzz groups and just discuss together uh, who has been a mentor or a coach in your life and how did that relationship impact your life. And I'm kind of wanting to, us to move towards sort of how that previous ex experience with a mentor, coach, uh, how that can translate into uh, practical steps for preparing for the next stage of life. Again, I'm looking at Amy and Daniel, but for all of us, uh, you know, um, I think some of us who have been around the barn a few times here have many experiences with mentors and coaches and coaches and we can share some of those thoughts and then just consider how what the next steps might be. Um, so why don't we take about, we'll take about 10 minutes and uh, if you can just divide yourself up into groups of three and we can talk about this. 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. Looks like there's been some great discussion going on here. People uh, learning from each other's experiences. Hopefully, I would encourage you to continue your discussions outside of the session. I think you'll find a lot of commonalities. 
We've got some time now. I don't know if in your small groups, if you want to share some insights that came out of there or something, some new things that you learned. Um, you know, I, I think there's just so much wisdom encompassed in this uh, group here that we can share some of that around. I just put this up. I, was, I meant to put it up as kind of a reference to you folks as you discuss, but just maybe if you want to, whoever would like to share some thoughts as that resulting from your discussion in your small group, please feel free. What struck you about some of the um, mentoring experiences that you've had or that the other people in your small group have had? I think one of the commonalities was it it seemed like other folks sought us out. Um, And so that kind of makes it difficult to personally seek out a mentor if really... Mentors are seeking out mentees, but it also makes me realize I need to be aware to be looking for who God would have me speak into their lives. Very good point. Actually, if you, um, I have a handout, um, and you, um, I have a few copies here, but I'll put them on the website also. But that is one of my observations also, is that uh, probably mentorship experiences are more fruitful when the mentoree or protege seeks out a person and kind of sees something in them that they want to learn, and then they approach them as opposed to kind of a more formal program where you know, you're in medicine, you're in medicine, you two go to it. You know, there's kind of a certain chemistry that happens. And and at the same time, Amy, like you mentioned, um, I think I think there are a number of us who have done a fair amount of mentoring ourselves, and it kind of... Uh, we have a certain amount of responsibility to um, actually seek out people and just say, yeah, I see some, I see some potential in you, I see some promise in you, and do you want to talk? And just offering ourselves to. So it is a two-way street. Any other comments or yes? Yeah, I think we discovered uh, something that you were, you were also saying, which is that uh, mentoring opportunities are frequently spontaneous. They can be short-term and. Uh, not perceived as a mentoring opportunity in the beginning, and that God is doing things that we are not always aware of. And Correct. He uses those, so it makes our responsibility, although that more important, all the time. Correct. Sort of always being and being ready in season and out of season that those opportunity, opportunities do present themselves. You know, I, I kind of wondered about sharing that example. It's such a fresh one to me because it just, you know, I kind of had a revisitation of it in the last couple of months. And... Um, you know, mentorship experience, experiences can be short, can be even one-up times, you know, like, or they could be long, committed, formal, structured type of relationships. But I think it's a good point, Bob, that we want to be ready when those opportunities arise and to be available. And it's a reflection of who we are. It's not something we go, okay, I'm putting my mentoring cap on now and I've got to remember all these <coughs> questions. And It's just an outflow of who you are, you know, and... Bob. Daniel was sharing this evening about uh, the mentor that uh, he had that uh, uh, sort of steering him and prioritizing. Uh, he had a burden while he was a student to reach out to the homeless, but uh, the mentor said, oh, you're in a unique situation <laughs> that uh, you should uh, maybe focus in on uh, the students that are around you that uh, – these other people can't get access to. Uh, so. <laughs> Very good. 
sort of plant where you're, uh, bloom where you're planted, you know, minister to who's around you. Uh, something I think it was over here that I was listening to your group, and I think one of the things we tend to sometimes think too is that to be a mentor you have to be, you know, white-haired and have been on the field for 30, you know, 85 years. <laughs> and but you know what? Some of the best mentors are people who are just ahead of you. We found that in um, on our field, um, finding um, orientation coaches. You know, those of us who've been there for 20 some years, we've forgotten what it was like to be so frustrated when your internet doesn't work and you don't know how to talk to the technician. And so, but the best mentor for that person, the newbies, is someone who's just gone through that a few years before, you know. So, yeah, well, that's a very good point, Daniel. Like, make yourself available. You, even as you're struggling with stuff, you know, you're in a position to help people who are just, you know, a year or two behind you. Any other comments? Joy? With our group, we had... Um, uh, like parents and, and teachers who have in the past, as well as um, uh, a couple of us have already started on our field. Um, and one of the things that I, I used as my mentor was other missionaries who I knew to kind of guide me as I go through the missionary process because I came in as a nurse. I didn't know a whole lot about the missionary side of things. So um, we... Uh, I asked around at some of the other missionaries of how do I get into becoming a missionary um, and and pull in that evangelical side of it. So, yeah, that was more of what we saw in mentors. Very good. And, again, I see you being intentional and proactive, knowing that that's an area of learning that you had, and so you sought uh, ways to be able to make up that deficit. Very good. Any other comments? I mean, this is also an opportunity for Q&A if people have any questions or that you can ask others about. Yeah, no, I, had, I actually had a question um, specifically to a revolving, if we had time to cover cross-cultural interactions. I feel like a lot of the mentorships that maybe we've been talking about or was is not necessarily accounting for somebody being a different culture, and, and maybe some of your stories are, but I feel like from the little experiences I've had, um, it gets a lot more complicated when somebody has. You want me to use both, <laughs> like a rapper? Um, okay. So anyway, um, if if anybody has any specific stories about or perspective on going to a place where somebody has a very different life story and life experiences, who has? Who would like to? chime in about this. This is a huge topic that we really can't do justice, but I'm sure people have experiences. Christina, do you have, working in Afghanistan? Yeah, um, I've had, uh, I have had both positive and negative, uh, and it has been both uh, being mentored and mentoring or uh, coaching. Um, um, I think uh, I think having white hair and uh, compassion kind of uh, has been a thing that made made uh, people seek me out. Um, on the other hand, there were there were many times when uh, the differences in our cultures made um, either the giving or the receiving. Um, Kind of, kind of a mismatch, 
And uh, I think there were many times when it was an opportunity to say, hey, I I have no idea how to solve this this, uh, difficulty, uh, but I can pray with you about it. Thank you. Bob. I think this is a two-way street. Uh, I found opportunities to uh, mentor, if you will, through just a prayer partner and just uh, getting together with, uh, say, other missionaries or other uh, international uh, and just uh, share things that have been a burden to us and holding each other accountable to. So just a prayer partner getting together a week or two, every week or two. Thank you, Bob. What I hear you say in that, too, is um, that there is just an element of just doing life together. And I think that is a really important point in that it's hard to mentor someone if you don't know where they're at. And uh, just being uh, understanding them, you know, I think cross-cultural life is about a large part about understanding and listening and um, being, you know, slow to speak, quick to listen, you know, so um, different ways to find opportunities to connect, you know, in that way are very valuable. Kathy? If you could come over here. (laughs) We'll just probably, this might be our last comment because we need to... Sure. I um, I worked overseas with my family in China, and um, I, I think just as far as um, language acquisition um, with the nationals, I think that's such a natural way to be able to connect with somebody. I um, ended up um, spending time with a young girl who worked at a cafe there, and um, she had to leave um, her village in sixth grade, and she couldn't continue learning um, and going to school because her family was so poor and she needed to to go to the city to get a job. So she ended up working at this cafe and we, you know, just had a natural connection. I invited her over to my home and um, I asked her, what is it that you want to do? What is your dream? You know, not being able to um, go to school, have an education up to sixth grade, beyond sixth grade. And she said, you know, I would really love to be one of the teacher assistants at the international school that um, we worked at. And um, anyways, it was neat for me because I wanted to practice my Chinese and learn more because my Chinese isn't all that great, and she wanted to learn more English. So we ended up developing this natural relationship and, you know, me being able to speak with her, her being able to, you know, so we met up once a week just to spend time together um, as sisters in the Lord, praying for each other, but also through language um, And just this past year, she was so excited. We left China in 2012, and then she wrote me and said, I got a job at KIA as a teaching assistant. And it was just so neat to be able to see that mentoring relationship. You know, I didn't see it as a mentoring relationship. It was just just really a sisterly relationship that, you know, continued to grow. So I think the language aspect is is you know, great for the nationals and for me as well. Very good. Thank you very much, Kathy. Um, 
I would recommend a series of books that they've been out for a while. Dwayne Elmer's, you know, communication is cross-cultural series, cross-cultural um, communication, cross-cultural learning. Some really basic fundamentals, um, uh, attitudes, and some skills about learning to uh, effectively communicate cross-culturally. Um, so I have a. Um, I do wish this. There's so many neat things that are coming out. I wish we had more time. Um, just have a, just would like to give everyone just like maybe two minutes to um, kind of just take a minute to kind of process what we've talked about. Um, Hannah, does everyone have a card? Uh, we'll just get everyone. Um, and so if you could just, it's just an opportunity to kind of pull together what we talked today about and kind of put your you know, kind of commit yourself by writing down maybe what your next step might be. Again, I uh, designed this talk to be geared at people who are heading for the field, but for any of us who are uh, considering a next step uh, in terms of a, maybe a change in ministry, a change in location, just even a more immediate decision you have to make, um, perhaps think of how a mentor might factor into that. Maybe think of someone who might be a mentor to you. And uh, just take a minute to think about that. No, well. I'll start to close our session here. Okay. Okay. I hope that was a got a couple of action points for yourself something I encourage you to continue to pray about what you wrote down and take uh, some of the pearls from today uh, take them home with you uh, think about how you can implement them and and continue to pray to see how the Lord might use you as a mentor and how the Lord might bring people into your life as a mentor also a couple of closing comments I want to make is that for those of you who are looking for organizations Uh, I really strongly recommend that you look for an organization which has an ethos of coaching mentoring. I think this is a a lot of people, a lot of organizations are talking about this now and making it a priority. You might want to ask specifically about what these opportunities and and how that happens. And um, I think that I feel like it's a really important piece. Also, this is a great place to network, great place to be meeting people. Where else will you get this many people who are like-minded, focused um, and uh, have a tremendous, represent a tremendous wealth of experience. So, you know, speakers, as you network, I challenge you to talk to people here. Um, You know, just pick their brains. Sometimes it's just, like I say, it's a one-up kind of experience, but you might find someone that you can connect with, continue to Skype with, email, Zoom with, whatever. You know, I think you will not uh, regret doing that. There's a tremendous um, potential for help here. I also want to uh, direct you to page 20 of this, um, the Elements 2016. There's a, the um, Medical Missions website has a whole section on mentoring, and um, that's the website up there. But if you look on page 20, you'll find a reference to it, and um, all sorts of resources there for potential mentors and also people looking <coughs> for mentors. Um, please look at that. Dr. Neil Thompson um, is going to be actually speaking on coaching and mentoring uh, to, to this afternoon at 1.30 and also tomorrow at 9.20. They're the same talk. So if you have a chance to take, his, um, take in his 
talk if you like to uh, you know, interact with this topic more. I strongly recommend those. And um, again, you know, for those, for potential mentors, you know, keep your antenna up for people that you can speak into, uh, speak to, speak into their lives. Uh, make yourself available. I think there's a, a whole uh, dearth of, of uh, people who are willing to take the time to, to be available and listen and to give guidance. Um, so um, please do take advantage of the opportunities that the Lord brings across your path. Um, well, why don't we just close our time in prayer? I think our time's pretty much up. And then um, I will just mention that I, I think my, my card is out there if anyone wants to talk more or just, you know, I'd be happy to connect. And I'm also kind of hanging out at the team booth downstairs. So if you want to come by and chat, I'd be really happy to have a chance to connect. Why don't we just, uh, uh, just pray now? Father, I just want to thank you for the people that you have brought into our lives each of the people that have helped to shape and inform our decisions, people who have taken the time and to encourage and to and sometimes to just uh, give practical gifts of love and concern to us, uh, a timely word, um, people who have given the sacrifice of time and concern to us. Thank you for each of these mentors and coaches you've placed in our lives, and we ask that you would continue to um, cross our paths with such people, and whether we are people looking for a mentor ourselves or uh, we are people who are positioned to be able to speak into other people's lives, may we be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. May you be at work in our lives. Pray, I pray especially now, Father, for those amongst us who are uh, preparing and training to go overseas, um, Daniel and Amy, and perhaps others too in this room, Lord. And I ask that you would go before them, prepare their way. Um, pray that they may find... Um, you fully sufficient and that you would be able to that you would guide their steps as they seek to uh, serve you with the skills and the training that you've given them we commit them into your hands Lord so we pray that the things that um, we just talked about today that are pleasing to you that you would help us remember them help us to apply them and may you be glorified as a result of our service to you and we commit all this Lord Jesus in your precious name Amen Yes, Bob. Easy to get uh, mentors and uh, or become a mentor through your alumni. Uh, I've gone to Christian and non-Christian schools. And uh-huh. Oh, okay. So they have formal mentoring uh, programs. I understand that's true. Um, I mean, there are a lot, but like I, you know, I think for sure, take advantage of all the the programs that are out there. Um, my own personal experience is that sometimes that doesn't, it's not necessarily uh, a good fit all the time, but certainly if you're, uh, you know, exhaust the opportunities, you know. Um, um, John McVeigh, who heads up the, the mentoring program through Medical Missions, talks about it being sort of like a, a batting average, yeah, you know, that he, yeah, sort of hit or miss, about 30% of the matches kind of click. But that's okay. You know, whoever um, is able to get a good match, find people that they could really connect with and benefit from, it's fabulous. It doesn't matter that, you know, other people, it doesn't work for other people, and people have lives to live and that sort of thing. But, um, but I just encourage people to take advantage of all the possibilities that are there. Yeah. Thank you.